the blast from our past network. Hot ride? Hot ride! Hello, Newman. This is so good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a regifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back because we love this stuff. You love this stuff. I mean, who wouldn't? It's Seinfeld. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And today we have got the opera season. Oh, oh. I, oh my God, that was terrible. That sounded like I was a ghost, like moaning. I was going to say more like a goat. It wasn't very good. <laughs> yes, terrible. Clearly, I have never been to the opera. And like Jerry, everything I know about high society comes from Bugs Bunny. Yep. Uh, all right. This is season four, episode eight, according to the uh, Hulu numbers, and it aired on November 4th, 1992. Corey, my man, could you please give us the synopsis? Yes, sir, the opera. Elaine realizes her boyfriend Joey is actually Crazy Joe DeVola. She, Jerry, George, and Kramer have to endure a night at the opera with a bunch of clowns. Oh, wordplay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And and by the way, uh, uh, this uh, DVD box set in its description did not use the Oxford comma, which I particularly love. <laughs> yeah, I am an a, Oxford comma guy. I am too. That's how I yeah. learned it. I learned it. When you do three things, yes. that comma at the in, the in the second time before the end is essential. Yes. Uh, Oxford comma for life. Oh, woo, woo. <laughs> uh, Okay. In case anybody was curious, um, Corey and I are both drinking some whiskey. Uh, we, we've done some other recording, but we're we're being really cute tonight, and I just want to call this out because <laughs> we've already had an hour recording with uh, with Tess over at the Ongoing Comic Book Discussion mm-hmm. Podcast uh, for the, our Deadpool episode uh, this week. Uh, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> Adam and I are already pretty deep in some whiskey. Pretty deep in some whiskey. Um, but you know, if you guys like comic books, please check it out. I have a massive passion for Deadpool. Hopefully mm-hmm. you guys will check that episode out and enjoy it. But uh, Corey, his wife, got him a little gift of a uh, whiskey. It's called Suntory uh, Whiskey. It's um, Toki is the uh, specific um, version uh, that he's drinking. And I, uh, he kind of posted it on some kind of social media. And I was like, hey, I own that whiskey. And so we specifically, I was like, Buddy, I want to be super cute and have like a whiskey date over uh, <laughs> over Skype where we're both drinking and talking about like podcasting and stuff. And so we're drinking the exact same whiskey. Cheers. Uh, che- che- we're cheersing <laughs> into the Skype camera. <laughs> Ding. And we're drinking whiskey and we're just having a good little time because you know mm-hmm. what? Even though he is all the way on the fucking West Coast and I am all the way on the East Coast, we have a good time together. I love you, whiskey. buddy. Well, I love you too, buddy. Whiskey yeah. brings us together, and Deadpool brings us together. Yeah. And I should note that when that episode comes out on the ongoing comic book discussion podcast, it will be our first explicit episode because <laughs> I guess it's because of me. It's my fault. He blames me. I could. I got excited and I couldn't stop saying certain words, and then he was just like, "You know what? Fuck it. Let's just do." <laughs> explicit. So we were all unleashed. It was great. It was yeah. fantastic. All right. <laughs> Speaking of Unleashed, Joe DeVola, that guy is fucking nuts. He's super mm-hmm. unleashed. But let's get more to him later. I want to talk about tuxedos and a stand-up on tuxedos. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I 
this one's actually not bad. I think the idea behind the tuxedos, the woman's point of view, is that all men are the same. He's like, we might as well dress that way. He's like, that's why at a wedding, it's uh, it's the beautiful joining together of a, of a beautiful glowing bride and some guy. The tuxedo is a wedding safety device created by women uh, <laughs> because they know that men are undependable. So in case one chickens out, everyone just takes one step over and she marries the next guy in line. He's like, she's like, that's why the uh, the wedding vow isn't, do you take Bill Simpson? It's, do you take this man? Now, aside from the, I didn't like the, the punchline of the whole nope. thing, but the buildup, the concept to it, I thought was funny and, and, and yeah. relatable and still relatable. I agree because we, uh, we both, we both married men. Now, granted, yeah. both of us had... Mm, non-conventional yeah. weddings more recently. But um, both of us have been to weddings with tuxedos. Yes, yes, yes. We both, exactly. Um, you know, but the whole, yeah, the, the punchline wasn't as good because he also says, he skips the whole part of, well, they also say, do you take this woman? So it's no yeah. different there. It, it's it's like he cherry-picked what he wanted to yeah. hear. Yeah, it's it's one of those one of those examples of, like, just a, good, a great concept, a good build-up, but just he didn't stick the landing on that one. Yep. All right. Let's get into the episode. Uh, we start off uh, Joe DeVola. Uh, he's leaving a threatening message on Jerry's answering machine. Uh, it's a good timing. I like the writing here where multiple times uh, the person who you leave a message, they don't get it and they come in right away. So Jerry comes in there. Um, he doesn't hear the message right away. Kramer is there. Um, he uh, kind of wants Jerry to go to the opera with him, all this kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's good. It's Michael, Michael Richards humor. On this yeah, one. yeah, totally, yeah. yeah, totally fun on there. And and really quick before we get into the rest of the scene, I will note that Crazy Joe did not have a wedding band on his hand again. So that was just <laughs> that that was just that very first uh, episode. I'm sure mm-hmm. the actor just forgot to take it off, and no one yeah. caught it or whatever. Yep. Let's go with that. And I, I will also note that because of this corona quarantine, I have now shaved my beard, and uh, but my hair uh, is really long on top, and I've been combing it back and letting it dry. And when it does that, I realize. I look like Crazy Joe DeVola. <laughs> I have his hair now. And I was like, huh, I'm okay with this. I'm. This is actually kind of perfect for my mm-hmm. life right now. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You, you've never been that far off Joe DeVola, in my opinion. <laughs> Touche, buddy. Touche. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Elaine comes up. Uh, we also find out that they're going to go uh, listen to it's Pagliacci, um, the sad, tragic clown. Um, I have been to one opera in my life and i hated it i I, have you ever been to an opera i i did not care i think it was um madam butterfly i I think that's an opera is that or is that ballet i can't remember whatever it is i hated it and i was not a fan um what about you I've I've uh, growing up in outside of D.C. Uh, my mom and I sometimes at Christmas time would go to to the Kennedy Center and go see plays. And I've seen like the Elf play, which I thought was amazing. Um, I've seen <laughs> is, it, uh, is, it, is that based off of the fucking yeah, Will yeah, Ferrell movie? Yeah. Well, yep, that's yep. different. That's it's so different. much fun. And and I've seen I've seen uh, White Christmas in in play form there. And I've seen play, Les, plays and, and are I, different. I know plays I, are I know. different. They're great. I, I know. I know. And. And I've seen Les Mis, and those three things are the only thing that I've ever seen at a theater. <laughs> wow, you're just not a live arts kind of guy. No, I am uncultured swine. <laughs> yeah, okay. I love plays. It just opera doesn't do it for me. I'm with Jerry. I'm exactly with Jerry. I'm like, if you want to say something, just fucking say it. Like, don't don't sing it. Like, they sing yeah. everything, and I can't stand that. 
because I can't understand it. <laughs> and, and and Kramer, have you gotten to that part yet? Uh, what, where he start, where he does like his little singing? That's that's right he, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does this like like singing. And I will say subtitles. It says him doing imitation Italian. Mm-hmm. So we, we can put that to rest. He's not actually singing anything there. But I do love it, and I, and I love the whole kibosh scene too. Yeah, which we yeah, we'll get to very shortly. Um, Elaine talks about that she wants to bring the guy that she's dating right now his uh, she calls him joey which if you've been paying attention to previous episodes you know especially watching this in binging you know it's crazy joe davola um it's just uh it's an interesting thing because we at as of right now which we'll get a culmination to this at the end of the episode where for multiple episodes right by now we have we we are in the know as an audience we know yeah. that she is dating this guy this guy that kicked kramer in the head who obviously has issues, uh, she's dating him. We then cut to him, and this is a very disturbing edit where he is uh, listening to Pagliacci. He's got pictures of Elaine underneath him as he's bench pressing, and he's crying. <laughs> <laughs> like, this this sets up Joe Davola as really fucking nuts really well. Yeah, 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 dude. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Elaine leaves to go. She wants to go pop in to his place. And we're like, okay. Um, and then that's when Jerry listens to his machine, which we know is uh, what Do- Joe Davola left earlier. And now Jerry's freaking out. You know, he's worried for his life. He's the talking about whenever I think in my head of high pitch Jerry excited, which he does it multiple times over the course of the series. But this is what I think in my mm-hmm. head. And yeah. I <laughs> love high pitch Jerry. It, high pitch and speaking fast Jerry is so fun. <laughs> It really, and we're going to get some more of it um, just in this episode, I think in the next one as well. Like he, oh God, when he's frantic, frantic Jerry is, frantic Jerry and angry Jerry are two of the best Jerry's. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Because he's yeah. usually so, we've mentioned a gazillion times, but he's usually so devil may care attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, I want to circle back around because uh, with Elaine, two things that I loved about the exchange with Elaine is one, her using Jerry's ta- uh, shirt as a towel while he's wearing it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she washed even, her hands yeah. and she was sort of talking gotcha. to him. And uh, and she, I loved it when she was like, when she says, it's nice to be involved with someone who's interests in, who's interested in something other than Nick at night. And I was like, Oh, that's, I was like, I got the reference, but if it was written now, they totally would have said, uh, uh, Fortnite or call of duty or something like they would have made them play like video games or something, you know? And I was like, okay. So like Nick at night is like the, the reference that, you know, 1993 makes, it would have been call of duty nowadays. Well, I'd say, I'd say, well, I'd say it's the people who are trying to grasp onto their childhood. Like that's what Nick at night was. It was, it was the, um, you know the Andy Griffith show, the the Mister Ed. Yep. That's what I remember watching plenty of Mister Ed on there. Yep. Like it was the the old shows that people that were black and white that people loved yeah. when they were kids, and they're showing it again. You know, it's like it's it's like Nickelodeon was trying to be like, hey, we're a we're a station for kids, but at night we're a station for older kids, quote unquote. Yeah. And Jerry is one hundred percent a man child, an, an older kid. Yeah, and I I loved Nick at Night as a kid. That is mm-hmm. where I I learned about Hogan's Heroes. That's where I learned about Mr. Ed, Bewitched, all that kind of shit. And I guess nowadays, 
you know, they don't really do a Nick and Knight like that, but like yeah. I guess the equivalent is nowadays they show reruns of Night Court well, on like TV they, on channels well, and stuff. They, they ended up getting their own network. It's called TV yeah. Land, and that's oh, kind of exactly okay. what that kind of became. Nice, so. nice, yeah. That that's good shit right there. But yeah, yeah. Anyways, I just I found that funny. I was like, okay, Nick and Knight. They would have the dialogue would have been a little different nowadays. But I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's funny. I like it. I like where you're going with it. Yeah. Um, I do want to call out Jerry is a very logical kind of person here. And at first he wants to call the cops and things like that. But he does the real mature thing and he calls Joe DiVola back and mm-hmm. he leaves him a message and kind of wants to straighten things out. One, I just I really respected that as frantic as he was at that time. He actually called him back and was, you know, trying to just be like, hey, let's just hash this out, um, which probably isn't something that that I would have expected, because especially with how much you saw how ridiculous and scared he was. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but but I'm I, I agree with you. I liked that thing. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked him calling it back. It was honorable. And, and yeah. I was like, yes. OK, good, good, good job, Jerry. I, I really enjoyed that. That was a good. Good point. I, yeah. I might have been too scared to do it myself, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So Elaine goes to. Joe DeVola's apartment. Uh, she sees all these pictures of her on the wall. It's a shrine to her, as he puts it, that he had took pictures of her, you know, with a telephoto lens. He's crazy. Now, we heard a lot about Joe DeVola and crazy Joe DeVola, how crazy he was. We heard about the kick to the head, and we saw the dent on the, on the um, uh, helmet and things like that from earlier. In this episode, this cements crazy joe davola as crazy where everything else we got was kind of second hand we're really seeing the true insanity right here yeah and this scene i mean i don't know if you're gonna break it down but essentially he doesn't let her sort of leave yeah i was was gonna get there but yeah please. okay and i'll just i mean at the 42 year old Corey was a little bit shocked at how dark this scene oh yes it it, is and and it's probably so different Plus, being in 2020 in a post like sort of Me Too uh, era, mm-hmm. rightfully so. Like I, I'm, I'm all for it and everything. I'm watching the scene and I'm like, oh man, this is this is bad. This is real bad. Yeah, that was exactly what I wrote. Um, was that, you know, it gets it gets uh, it gets just crazier and creepier and creepier. And exactly, I kind of wrote in post Me Too. Um, right now. Even though, even though I'm hearing there's some like awkward laugh track happening, and it was awkward, it wasn't like you know full blown laugh track. And they play it for fun. I mean, this is played for laughs, you know, exactly. as much as you can play this scene for laughs. Yes, but I'm much more uncomfortable for her right now. Yes, uh, and I, I'm as much as it is. You get some funny moments where he talks about his dark room. Hey, come into my dark room, and she's like, "Hell no, I'm not going to go there." I'm much more of a day person. That's a funny line. Like that is like kind of almost you know not quite classic line, but it's maybe like a B level tier uh, classic Seinfeld. If that makes if you get yeah, A level yeah. Seinfeld, B level, it's probably that. But I'm right now. I'm much more scared for her that when the point where she sprays what we kind of think might be pepper spray into his face and runs out, and there is a cheer. I'm actually a okay with that cheer. As much yeah. as I hate the cheers, I'm like, you know what? I'm so glad she got out of there safe that I'm happy that the audience is also happy she's safe. Yeah, because when he, I think I personally think in this day and age, the scene crosses the line when he closes the door, like he doesn't let her leave, and that's why she sprays mm-hmm. him. And I'm like, man, this is dark. And if this wasn't a sitcom, 
Elaine Bennis would not have made it out of there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, mean, I feel that's, like that's, that's how she would have met her end. Yes. That's the greatness of Seinfeld, though. Even now, it was dark back in the 90s. It's darker now, but I do appreciate when they push those dark humor things. And this is dark humor, 100%. Yes. And and I do appreciate it, too. I think I was just a little shocked at mm-hmm. how dark it was and, and, and how I never sort of remember it being that dark. Um, so I think I was a little bit more shocked by that. Almost like how I was kind of shocked in the Cheever letters uh, at how mm-hmm. graphic of a description uh, Susan read. I was like, oh, wow, that was pretty graphic for, uh, for a sitcom, you know, mm-hmm. um, a mainstream 8 p.m. Uh, sitcom. <laughs> Well, no, it wasn't. Uh, was Seinfeld 9 p.m.? I oh, I don't remember. Uh, it's yeah. nine, 9 sounds right to me. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, because I think when you got into that 9 o'clock range, you could get a little bit more mm-hmm. blue with things. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and we've also talked before that when you have 22 minutes, you have to sometimes do very broad strokes to get the idea across. And, you know, I just think, yeah, they dove into some dark territories with Crazy Joe DeVola. And this also sort of a little bit, I'll get into it later, but it kind of made me sort of recheck my love for this uh, for this zany uh, side character, essentially. Yeah. All right. Okay. We cut to Jerry's apartment. He is in a tuxedo and he's on the phone with the cops, you know, who, who basically say, we're not going to help you. (laughs) You know, very, I don't know, New York. I feel like New York cops aren't going to help many people. Um, but, uh, George then comes up and he comes in and he's got like a, a super tiny tux, which is hilarious. (laughs) That that gag works. That visual (laughs) gag works just fine. Exactly. And and it has to be with George because he's always Mr. Down on my luck. And so, of course, you know, even though he probably hasn't grown in 30 years, honestly, 20 years, um, he still would have a tux that for some reason has shrunk. And now he looks ridiculous in it. Yeah, of course. Only George. (laughs) Only George. Uh, He just gives us a little exposition that uh, Susan is not going tonight. So then we get uh, Kramer slams into the door, which I love. (laughs) We we didn't really mention because of this whole Joe DeVola fear. Jerry, who never locks his doors, uh, has locked his door. I I do love this gag where you hear like a massive thud. (laughs) It's like, what? Kramer has to, you know, he's he's so used to just flying in. <laughs> and I love to you hear yeah. from behind the door. He's like, why are you locking the door now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. That was great. This whole scene is great. I, I very, very much enjoy this whole whole scene. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, it, it works out really well. Uh, I, I love also George's dynamic that he kind of talks about with Jerry. Kramer comes in. I just want to say Kramer comes in and he is not dressed up at all. He's, he talks about like, okay, yeah, we're going to the opera and he looks just like every random. Uh, he looks like him. He looks, he like, looks like him. Exactly. Jerry, he looks Jerry like goes, but people, people dress up when they go to the opera and he goes, people do. I don't, <laughs> which is and awesome. He, and he delivered that. Well, and by the way, this episode, uh, Michael Richards is on fire. This episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and George, uh, you know, so Jerry wants to change. He's at his place. He's like, fuck this. If Kramer's not going to dress up, I'm not going to dress up. Basically, George begs him, and I love that he calls out. I mean, this is a real kind of friend thing to do. And he's like, hey, no, we're friends. If I'm uncomfortable, you have to be uncomfortable. And that's 100% true. 100%. That is – I was like, yes, that is bro code right there. No, if I don't get to change, you don't get to change. And I like how Jerry's like, fine. Because Jerry knows. He knows. He has to. Exactly. Now, are we going to talk about the the, the toast? The toast? 
list. Oh no, I was going to talk. I was going to talk about um, his his uh, little pop culture reference where he pulls out. He says it's bad enough. I got to sit next to Ozzy Nelson over here. Um, Ozzy Nelson is, is a you know one of those many references that I didn't originally realize who it was. Ozzy Nelson was from uh, the show The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet. Who you might have you might have heard that, that show is old classic kind of comedy. It's a, the, it's a radio uh, or, comedy it's show. What it is radio comedy show? Uh, he was the father of Ricky Nelson, who died. Who uh, is in henceforth the grandfather of the Nelson twins who were in that hair metal band Nelson? Oh, wow! If you knew that oh, one, wow! Yeah. Wait. So what? What did Ricky Nelson do? I know that name. Uh, he was like a pop star, I believe. Okay. But he, okay. He ended up dying early, if I remember right. Okay. Um. Okay. And basically. The only reference that I got from it is apparently on the show Ozzy and Harriet, he was a very laid back kind of character. Gotcha. And so that's where he kind of says, OK, Kramer's this laid back kind of thing. OK, because I did the same thing you did. I was like, cool, let me pause it. Let me look up uh, Ozzy Nelson. I was like, oh, you found, you know, I found all, all that kind of stuff. But then I couldn't figure out like then what the actual joke was. Yeah. That's what I couldn't get to, uh, which which I, you know, I'm like, OK, that's fine. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that. And then when I read that Ozzy and Harriet, I was like, "Oh, that okay, that makes that makes Something. sense. I've I've heard that before." Um, mm-hmm. I did enjoy the Red Fox uh, reference earlier to yes, uh, George's. George, he's like talking about how the, the George gave this uh, speech at a I think it was a wedding or a dinner or something like that. But it's the the famous like curse speech and everything. Mm-hmm. And Jerry, I like how Jerry equated it to a Red Fox album. He's like, "You're like a Red Fox album over there," because for him, yeah. at that time, you know, he wouldn't have probably because he's referencing like basically. When he was a kid, and Red Fox was like the dirtiest motherfucker Dude, out there. Red Fox he was, was before Eddie Murphy, like and Red before Fox, well before Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor really kind of yeah. and, and Carlin both really elevated, but Red Fox was before them, um, and it, he was he was the raunchiest thing out there for, exactly. for a while. When and most, you all know him from Sanford yes, and Son. Exactly. Thank you. I just want to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in case you didn't know who Red Fox was, yeah. Uh, all right. So now they apparently have two extra tickets to this opera and Kramer comes up with the bright idea. All right, we should scalp them. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, we cut to a very kind of quick little shot here, uh, where Kramer put on this opera music, the Pagliacci music, and the music stays consistent. I like that in the editing here because apparently Joe Davola is also listening to this exact same music. We cut to him and he's putting on this creepy clown clown. And there's, there might be nothing in the history of creepy creepier than a clown putting on clown makeup, like listening to some kind of like in like creepy music, <laughs> while a tear is rolling down their yeah. cheek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so that that's exactly what we get here with uh, Joe Davola. He's yeah. goddamn. He's fuck. He is fucking crazy. <laughs> he is. He really is. Yep. At the uh, at the opera outside of it, while they're waiting to kind of get in, um, we find out that there's a nice little joke. That it's banaca that she sprayed into his yeah. eyes. It wasn't pepper spray. It's cherry flavored banaca. That's awesome. <laughs> and, he, and he has a great line about like, well, now why did they release the cherry a year later? It's because Lane says, "Oh, it's cherry. It's new." He's like, "Why did they mm-hmm. release cherry? They know we want the cherry. Just come out with the cherry." And I was like, "Dude, that was better than some of your stand-ups that we, yeah, have, we was, have on here." It was. But I do like I I do always like seeing Jerry do sort of a bit inside the show when he's talking to somebody, you know? Yeah, I like I agree. I agree. It it all comes back to this idea of 
You know, what is this show is not a show about nothing, as many people say. It is a show about how Jerry got his his stand up. And that is a perfect little stand up bit that they didn't even pull aside and put into a stand up bit. But it is an awesome little stand up bit. It's perfect. (laughs) It works wonderfully right there. Uh, They have a very weird interaction with this random uh, opera uh, patron who (laughs) – who Jerry drops a quarter. Jerry obviously drops a quarter, and this other guy, you know, tries to push him to make the assumption that, no, I dropped the quarter. It's my quarter. Like – and then they go on about how they don't care about money. They start ripping up dollars, and it – I – not to say I didn't like it because it's funny, but at the same time, like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> I know, but, like, the punchline is, like, once he kind of gets – like, he one-ups the guy and he yeah. gets the guy to go away. I love how Jerry's like, I love this opera crowd because I yeah. feel like a man in it. And I I know what you mean. It was, like, a weirdly <laughs> contrived, like, sort of moment, though I mm-hmm. will say that, like – I kind of imagine if you live in New York, moments like that kind of probably happen uh, a lot more than we probably think they do because it's so many different personalities together, mixing mm-hmm. together. But I love what it sort of ended with, which is Jerry, the one time that we see him completely being alpha, <laughs> and the only time Jerry's ever been alpha is like in an opera crowd. And I was yeah. like, I loved it, Jerry. I just, I felt, I felt big for Jerry. I was like, yeah, dude, you take that win. <laughs> Fuck these opera punks. And I, I liked it. I really, I know what you mean. I get where you had a problem with it, but I kind of, I kind of just went with it and enjoyed the, the, the payoff of it. And I, as, I, because yeah. as, as someone who, as someone who never played a lot of contact sports and is not kind of like a quote unquote tough Baby. guy. Yeah, exactly. Pansy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I played I, nothing I, but contact sports. I know, I know. And, and so... I kind of more so related to Jerry that that would be the kind of crowd that I personally could feel alpha and macho-y in. So I think I think the reason I like the scene is because I really could relate to Jerry there. All right. Fair enough. I, I've had just very open and honestly, I've had problems before. Um, I've, I've kept it under control recently. <laughs> I've, when I'm uh, – I played, I, played, I played hockey most all my life. I played rugby at the University of Georgia. Um, I, I've definitely had times when I'm drinking with my rugby friends. That's the time when I feel like most invincible because yeah. I know those buddies have my back. I also feel like, oh, I'm here with other guys who I know can take a hit. I know who can fucking dish a hit. You want to fuck with me? Like, And I've definitely been that guy who's like – not. I haven't instigated stuff, but if somebody – slightly steps up to me and if i'm around like my rubby guys yeah. and and if you, i'm drunk you lean into it a, lean oh into i lean it. hard into it i'm just like you want to go let's go <laughs> like i've gotten into bar fights before and i've done the and i and i've like i, I i've had too much the alcohol emphasizes the testosterone um but more so than that being around like your your bros like your bros who like you've done uh quote unquote macho shit with and you've done like you know those kind of contact sports with it makes you feel like 
fuck, I can take on anybody. And it's for the best and for the worst. I've had bad situations yeah. where that's happened, too. I've had good situations where that's yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I, I can't relate to any of that, So yeah, I, 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 but I appreciate it. I am definitely more of the guy that would uh, – uh, in Swingers, uh, when, remember when Vince Vaughn sort of diffuses the fight? That's, uh-huh. that's me. I'm everybody's <laughs> friend, and uh, at the end of the day, we all get along because, hey, uh. what life's not about fighting. Life's about having a good time. No, oh, fuck that, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, this is Brent. And I'm Eric. And we are part of the Friday Five Podcast. Yes, sir. We cover everything from the 80s to today. We absolutely do. You can find us every other Friday on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Like iTunes? Like Stitcher. Oh, man. Maybe a little Spotify. Hey, and also check us out on Instagram. Absolutely. So come hang out. I think you'll have a lot of fun, and we will see you there. Yeah, bring your Proton Pack and your Ecto Cooler. And maybe some McNugget Bugs. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. And with me today in studio is co-host Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. What's up, guys? I'm Tess. And I'm Corey. And we are the ongoing comic book discussion podcast, the place where one guy and one gal dive into the world of comic books one adventure at a time. That's right. You can find us every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or any of your favorite podcatchers. So come check out OCD Podcasts, where comic books are cool. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more. All from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. However you listen to podcasts, you can find us. And we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. Speaking of fighting, Joe Davola, that guy's got a quick little scene here where he just kicks a couple people's asses. It's obviously not him. You can tell I, I was it's gonna, not yeah, I was going to say, there's, there's, there's three um, clown, makeup clowns in this. Uh, uh, one is Joe Davola. One is the other guy who's not credited, but I recognize him. And then mm. there's this, the Joe Davola stuntman. Yeah. <laughs> so there are three different faces behind clown masks in this, exactly. in this, this- show. This was the stunt man's little scene where yeah, yeah. you have him, you have these random guys kind of fucking with him because he's dressed up as Pagliacci, and he just like unleashes some martial arts on him. And really, this only scene is to show he's not just crazy; he's also a threat. Yeah. So that that's really all it's for. Uh, Kramer and George are trying to sell the tickets. It's not going too well so eventually they kind of decide they're going to split up and sell their own tickets i do like and i and well i don't like 
I want to call out George here. Uh, he has a line that says, this is not a Metallica concert. It's opera. Have a little class. And I wanted to be like, fuck you. Metallica <laughs> is classy. Have you not heard of Metallica S&M? Because holy shit. Like, S&M is it's symphony and Metallica. They yeah. do this whole gorgeous uh, concert with an entire full symphony and Metallica playing. And it is honestly, it's, it's mind boggling how wonderful it is. And so it just kind of, I don't know. I, I just wanted to call that out. Really. I just wanted to pro- give props to Metallica and not let them get shit on like George did. <laughs> and the, of course the irony is that George doing the least classy thing, which is <laughs> scalping tickets. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, all right. While talking, eventually Jerry and Elaine, they come to the realization that Crazy Joe Davola, it's the same person. It's the person that Jerry has been all this is worried about that's going to, you know, take a hit out on him. Basically, that's going to give him the kibosh. And Elaine, it's the person that she's been dating. I love right here. You get perfect, frantic Jerry. He's talking high. He's talking quick. He's just like, oh, I'm going to give me the kibosh. I'm going to get the kibosh. Like he's, <laughs> he's going nuts. And it's a good, it's a good, like, sort of who's on first build up to it as well, while they're both like, who are you talking about? Who are you talking mm-hmm. about? Wait a minute. Yeah. It's, it's nice. And it wasn't, and by good, I mean, it wasn't overly built up. Like, it lasted as long as it needed to last into this. And I like, I like the whole entire exchange. Yeah. Uh, then we get a dressed up Pagliacci who is not Joe Davola, a different one who comes up to them. Um, he's kind of an asshole. Not kind of. He's a definite asshole. He's, he's asking for money. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not a fan of begging. Um, it's just, just one of my issues. And if you are doing a street performance and you do it and then you ask for money, you are not allowed to get mad at someone who doesn't pay you because you did your fucking performance. You know, granted, hopefully there's nice people that will pay you for it, but he gets really upset, you know, to the point where Jerry kind of has a, has a nice little funny line where that is one angry clown um, but you know i like the line i hate the clown i wanted it if i was there yeah i would have punched the clown in the face and and i could not find him on imdb it, he wasn't listed but i swear to god i could i recognize that actor's voice mm. and and whatnot but i have no clue and i'm not asking you to look for it yeah if it's not on imdb you know whatever yeah. but i was Stuff. like fuck and the whole time i was like uh where is he from it was kind of taking me out of it but yeah dude i'm i'm with you man don't we both lived in the city man and i used to worse i used to like smoke cigarettes and now let me tell you when i was living in downtown i you can't smoke on the street other even when you could i mean like you can't mm-hmm. smoke on the street because like someone would just hit you up every 2 seconds and if you gave yeah. a damn cigarette away to every single person you would have no cigarettes left so i, I got to the <laughs> point where i literally and i don't like lying to people so i would literally not have my wallet on me not have my cigarettes on me just so i could look them in the eye and be like look i got nothing on me i can't i got nothing dude, for you dude i'm not I, a, I, I'm I not a smoker and i got hit up all the time for a light um yeah. sometimes for a cigarette but mostly it's do you have a light and i'm just yeah. like holy shit so many people it's like if you have cigarettes have a fucking lighter on your own god damn it it's not like but but it is it is a big old thing when you're around like cities or big stuff like that yeah it's crazy it's annoying it gets annoying and, and the sad thing is it created uh, – it made me a lot more just, just like an a-hole to the whole situation. And there's been times like out here in Eugene where it's a lot different. And I'm like, oh, okay, I got to stop being like that city – I can't be city scum out here. It's kind of <laughs> like the, that episode of uh, Sunny when Mac and Dennis mm. moved to the suburbs, yes. you know? The, the, oh. we're, we're city scum. Like we want to just fight everybody. And that's yeah. – I turned into city scum when I was living in the city. And it's true. Like that episode is so fucking true. I love that episode. Uh, I love, Sunny. Like, Mac's famous it's, Mac and 
and cheese. It's so oh my good. god! It's it's literally one of my like top five favorite episodes of anything like ever. Yeah. Is that episode of of if It's Always Sunny? If there's something to go into that we're both passionate about after this. Like I enjoy Curb. You are not as much of a Curb guy. You had, you haven't really watched it. We could do that. That'd be a good transition. But we're both really into always mm. like into Sunny. I totally think okay. we could do a Sunny podcast and be re- and just continue this energy. Okay, I I you know what <laughs> I I am on board with that. So uh, okay, guys, you you heard it here first. <laughs> so far, that is the best idea we have so far. But uh, we still have what four and a half seasons to go. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not not we're like not even halfway through. <laughs> so uh, all right, we then get a stand up all about clowns. Yeah, he's like the hardest part about being a clown. It seems uh, would be that you're constantly being referred to as a clown. <laughs> it's like that's funny. He's like, uh, he's like, what's that clown? I'm not, I'm not working with that clown. He's like, do you hire that clown? He's like, how do you even like want to be be a clown? He's like, I guess uh, you just get to the point where your pants look so bad that it's actually easier just to become a clown than have the proper alterations done. He's like, when you think about it, uh, a clown uh, without a circus around it is really just a very annoying person i mean you're in the, you're in the back of the guy's volkswagen he's like what are you picking someone else up oh man uh again jerry did not stick the landing with like yeah. the the volkswagen joke but every single thing leading up to it especially if you consider uh the kind of clown is more of like a vaudevillian clown is what jerry's sort of referring to with the pants um, not not I, not like an eric the clown the <laughs> one it not not like an Eric the clown, right? Who yeah, is the, yeah. The John Favreau. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We'll see you later. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Uh, Sorry, stop, living just, the, stop, stop living in the past, man. I was trying to <laughs> squeeze in a fucking Eric the clown reference yeah. as hard as I could. <laughs> I love uh, stop living in the past, man. Yeah, uh, but yeah, well, dude. But, like, but like, I want to say, fuck was... him. I love Bozo. I grew up on Bozo. <laughs> fuck him. Yeah, Bozo for me was on uh, like Sunday mornings or Saturday mornings, like at five a.m. before like the yeah. the six a.m. cartoons came on. You know, yeah, like the, exactly the early he was early, but shit. I oh my god, I, I just he had so many. He was like the the Price is Right for yeah. younger kids. He had like little all these different little games. I loved Bozo. All well, right, we'll, and, we'll save that for let's save uh, it for yeah, actually. Well, no, <laughs> while while we're on clowns, okay. real quick, uh, I was watching um that that documentary on hbo mcmillions and uh, uh mm-hmm. about the mcdonald's stuff back in the 90s and dude they had uh they showed a commercial or somebody like like ronald mcdonald was there talking and i was like oh fuck i remember like ronald mcdonald's voice and everything like mm-hmm. but you don't see him anymore like ronald mcdonald's as a as an actor type of thing it doesn't really exist anymore yeah. well there became there there was this all this um I don't know. Not uh, I heard some things that like, oh, the Ronald McDonald people were pedophiles. Or the person mm. who was the actor. I don't know if any of that was true. Probably not. But like, we're, that, we're, that, we're diving into some Alex Jones territory. Yeah. Here. Oh god. Yeah. I, no. No. Right, please right. don't compare me, to Alex Jones. This no, is not no, info, I, I, info wars. I am not. Oh, no, yeah. I wasn't trying to like insult you personally because I personally enjoy some good cons- conspiracy theories. I but, know uh, you do. <laughs> let's, uh, all right, we'll, we'll move on from 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 the Ronald McDonald one. <laughs> Before we get sued for libel. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to Seinfeld. Um, Kramer is scalping his ticket. Uh, he now has Joe Devola come up to him, oh, and uh, he kind of a nice little ever. interaction. 
Hmm. Uh, bro, I, I I put this on the uh, the fan page when I was taking a pi- uh, I took pictures <laughs> of of the scene, bro. When 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 him and Kramer when he's like he's like uh, what did he say? Have you ever been? He's like you look familiar. He's like you ever been to the circus? And Kramer's like you know once when, when I was a kid mm-hmm. it was fun. He's like the cl- the clowns freaked me out though. The clowns kind of scared me. And Judge Bowles like are you still scared of clowns? And Kramer's like yeah that was the best delivery that he's he's ever done i love yeah. that michael richards yeah, yeah. delivery so as, much. as he looks like right into the eyes of joe devola being a terrified <laughs> which is utter bullshit that he should that he would have recognized him if you came up to me in full clown face i yeah. would recognize you I mean, it calls into question, I guess, how close Joe and Kramer ever were. I mean, to the point where, I, I mean, I guess they were close enough that, that Joe would assume that he would get invited to a, a party with Kramer. Yeah, so they, they've exactly. had enough interactions. But, yeah, dude, it's totally the, the Superman scenario. Like, how does Lois Lane, like, standing yeah. right in front of him, not know that that's Clark yeah. Kent, you know? I'm, I'm with Yeah, I'm with you. Kramer should have known. But I did like he was like, do I know you? Mm-hmm. Anyway. But he was so freaked out. He was very much. Uh, then uh, Elaine and Jerry are still talking in the like the line area. Uh, she mentions, you know, what time is the overture, and that launches Jerry into overture. Hit the lights, this is it. Yada yada. Um, he goes into the, it's it's a it's a Looney Tunes bit with Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck on stage, and you know it, it, Elaine kind of calls him out that you know yeah you have no thing of you know higher culture if it's not in a Bugs Bunny cartoon which I want to call out I love this moment because it's such a real moment for me it kind of hits home for me because the the thing all it needs is one word and Jerry is thrown back into something nostalgic and he'll just go off on a thing mm-hmm. onto this thing he, and just he nails hears, it he nails it. He hears the word overture, and then he just like, boom, that sends him into a Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck routine. Perfect. You know, it's same kind of things probably with you, definitely with me as well. I hear one word, and it reminds me of a quote of a movie that I love or a sheet TV show or whatever, and then I'll just start quoting it, and I'll just be like, I'll go off. It, it, mm-hmm. To me, I was like, I am so Jerry in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love it because I am 100% with Jerry. The only thing I know is Bugs Bunny cartoons when it comes to high society. And I love it. And, and, you know, now, obviously, I cued in on that when I was a kid. I was like, oh, I can relate to this. Like, this is mm-hmm. completely relatable. But even now, as as a 42-year-old adult, I'm like, oh, no, nope, that's still really relatable. Because <laughs> I yeah. still, at 42 years, guys, at 42 years, my knowledge of high society is still Bugs Bunny car- cartoons. I have not gone any further <laughs> into high society than that. If our audience has been listening this long, they know they're not assuming you are a high class person. They're like, yeah, I know Corey by now. That's yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not high class. No. Touche. Touche. Yeah. Uh, so the clown returns in front of, Jerry and Elaine, but this time it's not that kind of asshole clown from before. It's Joe Davola. I love that Elaine kind of calls out, you know, I smell cherry. I smell cherry. Um, that was a nice little call. And and then he kind of mentions it's banaka, uh, which <laughs> is what he got sprayed in the eyes with. They realize it's Joe Davola when the other clowns start singing and they run. And so, boom, they're out of there. Um, George is now still trying to sell his ticket. To this kind of like a overweight Asian guy, whatever. He's just this dude who's trying to uh, buy the ticket from him. Susan shows up. 
Um, I honestly really hate that Susan showed up at this moment only because like if it was me in real life and I was George, I would be pissed just to be like, you told me you can't make it. Yeah. Why the fuck are you here? Um, he's trying to sell that ticket. But at the same time, this is not the age of cell phones where you have that kind of communication. So, you know, uh, I'll try to give it a bit of a pass. Yeah, but I, mm-hmm. No, no, I said go. No. But, but I do love that George is – he's ever George in this <laughs> moment because – He's got himself a deal that he feels he's selling this ticket for uh, for like 250 bucks. And Susan, you know, who's coming and, you know, OK, she's going to go instead, you know, of being like, OK, now we'll go. I'll have a nice date night with this person that I'm dating, um, you know, and I'm enjoying this this kind of whatever relationship it is. He kind of very slyly George like turns to the guy, puts the ticket in his pocket, takes the 250 bucks, turns around like, ah, ha, ha, okay, let's go. And you know, and he makes that deal. And it's just like, what a scumbaggy George thing to do. I I know. But at the same time, I was slightly impressed by how smooth <laughs> the transaction went at the end. Uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention um, that he did get sort of beat up by uh, the the gentleman who he got thrown out of the party with. Yeah, the, I, hate, yeah, it's, I, I didn't know, like it's, that. It's, I didn't like that at all. It was oh, so it, unnecessary. But go ahead and fucking say it. it and then just, I'm going to bitch about it because I thought it was a worthless scene. Yeah, and it's, it was only because it was a callback to the curse speech that he gave. Uh, that was the same guy who th- also beat him up and threw him out in a headlock. That was it. And I'm with you, man. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't think it was necessary to even compliment the curse speech like like story with. I didn't think that you needed yeah. to bookend the no. curse speech. I think you you could have been fine with just having Jerry talk about the curse yeah. speech. I am with you. I didn't need that scene of 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 George getting put in a headlock by an old man. I it was yeah. like, okay, that was not necessary. It made, you know what? It made especially with Susan finding him, it made New York seem too small. Fair fair enough on that part. Um, I mean, I didn't like about it I, for all the, for the other points that you talked about. It was just completely unnecessary. But like this old guy, for some reason, he sees a dude at the, even the point he doesn't even know that it's George at the second. He sees this dude scalping tickets and he wants to be like Mr. John Q fucking yeah. patriot. And yeah. it's like, I'm going to stop this scalping. Are you fucking kidding me? And so he like jumps in there and he realizes it's Jordan and then like, you know, has this little fight or whatever all, all off screen. So it doesn't matter. But like I just I I saw no point to that old dude. I did not like him in there. And honestly, he was another person that I was just like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, yeah. I would want to beat your ass because you're trying to beat up the scalper. Like, who cares? Let the scalper scalp. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, like, in New York, I can't imagine you would ever do that because you could get stabbed. Like, the old man attacking George, like, he could, he doesn't know that that's George. He could have just gotten stabbed Mm -hmm. or shot. So, yeah, I did not like that section at all. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, All right, George, or Jerry and Elaine um, try to get in. Uh, Kramer then comes up. They all get their tickets, and they go into the opera. Uh, Everyone is there except for George. Even Susan comes in. Uh, then we get the uh, Asian guy who bought the ticket. And I have to point out this inconsistency if you're not going to, where Jerry asks, how much did you pay for the ticket? And the guy says 175 But we had just come off a fucking scene where he spent 250 
So, so I have the exact same question. And so what I'm thinking is if, if, if this wasn't just bad writing, what I'm thinking is because George had his back to the guy, the guy didn't have all his money out. Like he just only, and George grabbed whatever was there. So yeah, I but took it. I, I'm with you. I, we I, can't first, assume that Corey. I know we can't assume that. I know. So, so my only takeaway is that dialogue was in there to either, the only way it's in there, if it's correct, it's showing that that guy got one over on George. But if, what's that di- the, if that dialogue's correct, you know what I mean? If yeah, it's not, but what's the point up. of even Jerry asking how much he paid? Like, who cares? That's yeah. stupid. I No, I, I completely agree, and I noted it. I was like, he just said he spent 250 or like it was going to yeah. be 250 and now he's saying 175 I Yeah, I don't know what's right, man. I Because if, if it's a joke— then we had to work too hard for it, and we've, <laughs> we've we've talked about that before on a couple episodes ago. We were like, if this is a joke, it didn't land because we had to like overthink it, and mm-hmm. uh, and if it's not a joke, then what was really the point of the dialogue other just to give yeah. him more interaction time? But so like essentially, George just didn't go, and Susan was happy about that. That was like when I it know. lands when it ends with that, like super Susan being all like sort of happy. I was like, why are you happy that your husband or your boyfriend just uh, uh ditched you like that? Why is yeah that why why wouldn't you have gone with him like yeah. i didn't understand I yeah, exactly. that ending and i didn't i didn't dislike the um the scalper guy he was kind of funny character and so i was fine with him having dialogue but it was just like it was that dialogue that was chosen and just kind yeah. of pissed me off because it was so inconsistent yeah no i i liked henry fong too that's what yeah. he said his name was i was like oh <laughs> yeah henry fong you know he was good he 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 did his work at, you know as like a little side character he did his yeah. thing but then yep. yeah when he said that line i was like wait a minute that doesn't match up what's happening you know yeah i'm with you man and just that, like the whole how it ends like this last little scene right uh, here is what i just it, it throws the entire episode off for me it, yes uh, and another point that i want to add to that to that i think hurts this episode a little bit um Kramer, you know, Jerry then kind of talks to Kramer about how he sold his ticket and he says that he sold his ticket to a nut in a clown suit, which we know is Joe Davola. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, okay, is Davola going to sit next to them in the opera? What the fuck? Like, I, I don't really get the payoff of that joke. We don't see the payoff because we cut to the end. We cut to a stand up and we move on. But like, he sold his ticket. He sold that other extra ticket, which is obviously going to be next to them as a Joe Davola ticket. What the hell happens with that? Because we're so invested in the violence of Joe Davola and the threat of Joe Davola and the fear of Elaine and all that kind of stuff that Joe Davola is now going to apparently going to go sit next to them during this opera. But then we just we leave it be. And I'm kind of really pissed off because I feel like we missed something. Yeah, like like of all the two parters that we've had so far this season, you know, like this, there should have been a follow up to this next, you know, next episode, mm-hmm. like a full yep. thing, you know, with like you know this whole thing. It's yeah, I dude, I'm I'm with you. Like, I, but let me before I jump into because it's all going to sort of pertain go co- coalesce. <laughs> let me just do the the final stand up, and then we'll just get into our final thoughts because yeah, I've. All kinds of shit, like like you're saying there. Um, so Jerry's talking about. I had some friends drag me to a opera recently. Uh, they got these these opera glasses. You know, do you really need binoculars to spot these people? He's like, I mean, uh, these opera kids. They're they're growing two fifty, two eighty, three twenty five. He's like, they're wearing big puffy woolly vests. The women have like breastplates and bullet hats with horns coming out. He's like, you can't pick these people out. He's like, forget about opera. Think about optometry. Maybe that's more your thing. And I was like. 
what? So like if you can't <laughs> so if you can't see if you can't see you should go into optometry? Like you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like like I get where you're starting from. Again, this was three solid starts to 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 stand-ups for Jerry. Very and mm-hmm. I like the concepts, I like the solid all three of them. The dismount was <laughs> atrocious. Just just I mean, in this one right here, I think he just yeah. landed on his face and I'm like, "What do you mean?" Like that's stupid. So and I and I and the funny thing is now that I'm talking about it with you and now that I'm looking back on it, I think that these these standups are are like it's a good example of how this episode is. For me, this episode fucking implodes on itself in the mm-hmm. very last scene. And and you can say, okay, well, who cares about a, a final two minutes to to a really fun, you know, twenty yeah. minutes? I'm like, yeah, but like Everything that you're building up, especially the crazy Joe Devola stuff, it doesn't really pay out right here, and it kind of just fizzles out. And then you, you know, you say, okay, it's going to fizzle out, but then, and then it makes inconsistencies too. And I'm like, come mm-hmm. on, like we deserved a better ending than what we got with this episode. And yeah. I mean, truthfully, and. There was a lot to like about it. I did not like the scene with Elaine and Joe Devola in the in their apartment. That did not hold up well for me, uh, yeah. especially as someone who, you know, uh, always enjoyed Crazy Joe Devola. Maybe it's because his name. It's so much fun to say Crazy <laughs> Joe Devola. But you know, yes. me and my buddy Luke would always be like, Ah, Crazy Joe Devola. I got a, I got a, 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 you know, I got a lash on my tongue. You know, uh, all this kind of fun stuff. But then I go back and I watch it now, and I'm like, Oh, he's not. He's not someone you should actually be mm. like sort of enjoying, you know. And and he's he, you know, the, the actor does a fine job, but he's a he's a pretty fucking scary character. And uh yeah, this this episode I feel like it didn't quite land as high as I wanted it to going into it, but I had a fantastic time talking with you. So Going into the episode, I probably would have told you it was probably like a 4.5. Right after I watched the episode itself, I was I was probably thinking more like a 3. But I really enjoyed talking about it, and I do think that there's a lot more good than bad in this episode, truthfully. And I really like... Honestly, I think it's a good Jerry episode. I really enjoy all the stuff Jerry mm. is doing in this episode. And hey, he's the main character of the show. So you know what? I'm kind of like going to cut in the middle somewhere and give this one a 3.75 clowns. Whoa, look at you going into fucking quarters. <laughs> I can't I can't handle that. I'm sticking fuck you, I'm sticking to okay. the, my halves. All right, how about this? I'll I'll keep it at uh I'll keep it at a 3.5 uh crazy crazy clowns out of 5. How about that? Okay. All right. Um so I, I'm with you on a lot of aspects where I thought this was a pretty good episode. Um, there are definite things that I disliked at the end. You know, we, this, we've been ramping up Joe Davola for episodes now, multiple episodes. And honestly, this is the last we get of Joe Davola up until the very last episode of the season. So it's like, this is almost the wrap up of Joe Davola. And it's like, this was a pathetic wrap up. Yeah. Because it left oh, us almost yeah. on a kill I mean, it could have been strong. It started strong yeah. and then fizzled out. Exactly. Um, you know, the the seat numbers don't bother me that much, but they still bother me. The whole 150 to 2, mm-hmm. or 175 to 250. Just that's uh, like, I, I know I've brought up, um, you know, uh, continuity before and like that kind of thing is an issue for me as an editor where i'm just like are you fucking kidding me like 
why wouldn't you get that right? Um, but besides that, you know, I thought the episode was pretty decent, similar enough to you. Um, there were some things that went really well. Jerry freaking out. He had multiple freak out scenes in this, in this episode. And I loved that. They worked out really well. George selling the ticket, you know, even when Susan comes just feels so right for the character. It's so classic George, like that sly turn and, you know, and him just like skeezing out of it to get the money. It's classic George. I'm with you where I crazy Joe Davola. He's fucking crazy. And I did not like his scene with Elaine at his apartment. It was actually much more bothersome than it was funny to me. But I would still have liked to see him get more of a finished storyline. Mm-hmm. Would like to see him get his comeuppance, if you will. Now, maybe yeah. maybe he will in the pilot because I haven't you know seen that one in a while. So maybe there's going to be some there. But I doubt it because it's not for another 12 episodes. <laughs> so um, overall... There were still some really good things of this scene. You you said Kramer was on point. Kramer had some really good spots. Um, but I think it ended up balancing out the episode really well. So I end, I put it right down the middle. And for me, this was a 2.5 out of 5 cherry-flavored binacas. That's That was mine. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You're – yeah. You are a bit harsher. Uh, I am. Of a, of a I'm a harsher than judge than you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. I, I and you know what? That's hey. That's why there's two of us here. It's not just for the banter. Yeah. It's not just for the back and forth. It's it's from it's for two different points of view. And uh, I think that's I think that's awesome. And uh, shit. I, 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 the funny thing is, I think we pretty much agree about everything. It's just mm-hmm. where does the the point system land? But yeah, I think <laughs> we pretty much felt the exact same about this episode. And the yeah, like I said. Asking me a week ago, you know, I would have been like, oh, God, this is one of my favorite ones of all time. And it, you know what? I'm still going to say it's it's pretty high up there. But at this point, looking at it through these new lenses, I'll say it's it's a strong contender for more like nostalgia being up there type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still a good episode. It's still a fun yeah. oh, episode, yeah. you know. But, man, boy, that scene is just dark, bro. Because like because you because you, Crazy Joe, I mean, well, I guess you could say that him kicking Kramer in the head was dark, too, because if Kramer wasn't wearing that. That helmet eh, that yeah. dent would have been eh, his but, head you know yeah. but that was but he funny. May, at the same time he may not have kicked him if he didn't have the right, helmet that's true yeah saw, so let's let's give a little joe something what, there <laughs> what i what i want to compare it to is another kind of almost famous dark scene that we're going to get much later which is a, a kind of a me too attacking scene which is um jerry drugging his girlfriend to play with her toys yes. that we're going to get much later. That's kind of a similar me to yeah. um, hate kind of scene. But for some reason, when I think about that scene, I find it still very funny because when it comes down to it, the punchline is you cut to, yes, this woman has had some wine and Turkey or whatever, and she's passed out. Jerry is sitting there playing with fucking toys. Yeah. And it's, and, and exactly the whole point on it is a dark, comedy joke of him roofing this person and not really roofing but kind of roofing this person yeah encouraging her with with uh, with turkey and wine and stuff to to play with toys right to be a fucking idiot child that he is right this one joe davola was a creepy fucking guy where he was obsessed with elaine and he was actively keeping her in that apartment 
he to do bad things like like yes to, to do bad things yeah he, he there was no subtext to it there was no yes. funny punchline to it and yeah, yeah i know what you mean like 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 with jerry's thing like him being so childlike undercuts the darkness of that whereas with crazy joe it's i it's what you got i mean elaine's fear was founded and yes. and you know yes it was so used it, 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 it hits for her to get out of it i mean it was funny how she got out of it but i mean fuck man yeah. that scene is dark so. Yeah, it hit it hits way harder than it used to. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It really does. But uh, you know what hits really, really well? Hmm. Adam, the blast from our past uh, podcast. That's, right, that hits super awesome, right super on the hard, spot. but not in a bad me too way, like Corey almost implied. <laughs> I was trying to do a nice segue. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Me and my brother talk a lot of things nostalgia, and it's quite humorous and quite nice and quite chill. Uh, check it out if you guys haven't. It is uh, the Blast from Our Past podcast. On top of that, we have a trivia podcast that is out now called Throwback Trivia Takedown that is all about the 70s, 80s, 90s nostalgia. We're probably going to have a, a uh, episode or a uh, Seinfeld question in there every now and then. Make sure you check it out if you enjoy nostalgic trivia Check out Throwback Trivia Takedown, and that's where you can find me out in the world. How about you, Mr. Corey? Yes, sir. You can find me uh, always on Cartwright of Seinfeld Podcast. You can find me every week on the ongoing comic book discussion podcast with our pal Tess. And we just had Adam on there. So, you know what? By the time you're hearing this, that dropped yesterday. So go listen Ooh. to that. We talk about oh, Deadpool. That's already dropped by now? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's so great. Please, if you guys need more of me, I've already got I've got so many podcasts out already. But I'm also guesting on yours, too. Yes. So, yeah, check it out. And, and if you guys want to hear Adam just, like, the passion he has for Deadpool, the <laughs> character, I love it. I love how much he loves Deadpool, and it was a fantastic conversation, and it was a lot of fun. So go check out that one. It's called the Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. And uh, you can also hear me on Podcasting After Dark with our buddy Zach talking about weird-ass cult movies uh, from the 80s, 90s, 70s. Uh, we just released our The Adventures of Four. Fairlane episode. Dude, when I when I like <laughs> I, I, I try to keep up with your podcast. It's, it's hard to sometimes. Yeah, I, I know. But like you guys started with like somewhat weird, obscure ones. Now you're getting to some really weird <laughs> shit. Yeah, we love it. I mean, dude, we talked for three and a half hours about Andrew Dice Clay. So it's that's uh, ridiculous. It's Even his own mother wouldn't <laughs> talk for three and a half hours about Andrew <laughs> Dice Clay. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but uh, right now, uh, if you get a chance, um, you can actually listen to our interview with Jeanette Goldstein on Podcasting After Dark. And she played Vasquez in Aliens. And by the time you hear this, Aliens Day just passed. And uh, it's still out there on the free feeds. And it's a really, mm-hmm. really fun interview. It's really neat. She talks about how uh, she got cast as uh, Vasquez, essentially. Yeah, that's actually is a quite good episode. If you guys haven't listened to it, Check it out. She talks about all about bra stores too, which is super fun. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Hey, she's got yeah. one down in your neck of the woods, buddy. She just opened one up in Atlanta. Yep. Uh, and, bras. Yeah. Speaking of aliens, Corey, we had you on the Blast from Our Past podcast not too long ago, just a couple days ago from when this one drops. The Aliens Day, as you mentioned. John and I and you broke down aliens on Blast from Our Past, and it was an awesome episode so i hope everybody check us out if you guys like the dynamic core and i have 
we continue it talking all about that amazing <laughs> for, movie. We just talk about aliens for three hours, essentially, with <laughs> yeah. uh, with with Adam's brother John. Who I think. Who, I th- and by the way, Adam Adam's brother John on the Blaster on Pass podcast, he loves aliens as much as we do. So like, yes. it's a three way jerk off fest for aliens. Uh, essentially, I think it's the <laughs> longest episode that we have had <laughs> on the Blaster on Pass podcast. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and just so you guys know, we also. I know it's sacrilege, but it's a lot of fun. But we recast uh, a lot of the of, of aliens, yeah. and I think I think you guys will enjoy some of our picks. So go. check I think it turned out, out really well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so all the podcasts we just mentioned, every single one of them, can be found at www.bfopnetwork.com. That is bfopnetwork.com. And finally, if you're new to the show and you're looking for our entire back catalog of episodes, you can find every single episode of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, on Patreon. For just one dollar a month, one dollar <laughs> uno dinero. Or if you just want to support us, there are um, you know licensing, not licensing fees, but there are um, fees. There's time with, and effort, you know. Time, well, there's time and effort fees that Corey and I put into this, as well as uh, just the cost of putting these episodes up and putting them out for everybody. It's not always free to just put this stuff up. Yeah. Um, so if you guys want to support us, we would really appreciate it. Uno dinero a month. We love it. We love y'all. We hope mm-hmm. you guys appreciate us. But uh, feel free to uh, check out our Patreon, please. Yep. And that's patreon.com slash cartwright. That's patreon.com slash cartwright. And we will see you guys next week with The Virgin. And for Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, I'm Corey. And I'm Adam. <laughs> And that's it? And then we're going to end on that? Oh, I know. <laughs> I yeah, okay. Have, uh, I thought, yeah, I don't know how. We don't have, did we do something before that we liked? Ah, eh, well. Hey, guys, we'll see you next week with The Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.